you're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some of the most passionate, hardworking, and limitless thinkers on this earth who have a story to share, a brand that inspires, or a fire inside of them to live life on their own terms. The intention behind each episode is simple, and that's to include you in these conversations so that you can learn, apply, and grow in your own life and in your business. If I can share one quick secret with you before we begin, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. Tuning into Visionary Life will help you dust off the limiting beliefs you carry around so that you can begin to create your own most visionary life. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Hey, visionaries. I have a super fun episode for you today. I mean, they're all fun, but truly, you're going to love today's guest, Sophia Da Silva. Sophia is the founder of a ready-to-drink adaptogenic beverage company called Raise. Do you guys have any idea what I mean by that? Adaptogenic beverage company. So an adaptogen is a naturally occurring substance that helps the body adapt to stress exerting a normalizing and immune-boosting effect on the body. Adaptogens have been used in ancient Chinese medicine and Indian Ayurvedic medicine for centuries. To go a little deeper, we live in a fast-paced, high-stress, and stimulating world, making it easy for the hard-working individual to turn to caffeine and refined sugar for their afternoon pick-me-up. Maybe you're nodding along. So visionaries, I ask you, if you work in an office or are a mama or have a fast-paced life, do you think you could benefit from something like this? So here's a little more on Raise. Raise is the first adaptogenic super drink company in Canada and was developed by holistic nutritionist Sophia. She founded the company after being inspired by the ancient herbs, roots, and adaptogens that her grandma used to fuel her and help her stay energized. Raise offers healthy, clean, and functional beverages that are low in caffeine and sugar and are supercharged with only the best ingredients. If you've ever had ambitions to start a product-based business, You're going to love this episode, or even if you just want to hear the story of a young entrepreneur. Sophia is driven, smart, energetic, and such a joy to talk to. She has something to offer for anyone, so please enjoy this episode. I'll share a little bit more about Sophia and about Ray's, but first, I want to talk a little bit about social media. So here's a little story time for you. Seven years ago, I had just moved to Toronto for the first time. I was studying holistic nutrition, similar to Sophia, and my roommate at the time was studying social media marketing. She was totally ahead of the times, and she was killing it on Twitter and Facebook and really all forms of social. And I remember her, my roommate, telling me about this new app called Instagram. And I'm pretty sure my exact response was something like, "Mm, yeah, I'm not into that. What would I really use that app for anyways? 
oh my gosh, <laughs> fast forward to today, Instagram is the source for almost all of my business leads. I'm not kidding. I sell $1,000 courses and $2,500 coaching programs using social media as my key tool. And I am certain my business would not be where it is today without it. And that's not to say that I don't nourish my community in many other ways, but I see social media as the one tool that I would really miss if it were gone. So what about you? Are you a fan? Do you feel like you could add in a social media strategy to refine your online efforts and build your brand? Or do you feel resistant to what it takes to get started on social? Are you putting your dreams on hold because you don't want to put yourself out there online? Or do you want to grow an audience of like-minded people all around the world, okay? Here's the good news. With a low barrier to entry, social media is a tool that's available to everyone at any time. And maybe you're like me seven years ago. You're hesitant, you're resistant, but luckily that's why I've built in an entire module on mindset in my brand new course called Visionary Social Media. And for a limited few days, you can save 50%, five zero, half off. You're gonna get the course for just $97, which is insane because it's 23 pages of workbooks. There are seven awesome videos, 90 minutes of content, and you get a coaching call with me. So this is a crazy deal. And again, only until Friday are you able to get on that waitlist and save 50% before it launches. So I want you inside, but I want you to learn more first. So tap through the show notes or head to my Instagram at Kelsey Rydell, and you can find all about visionary social media on that website. So again, save 50% off just until the end of the week if you want to see more or potentially purchase visionary social media. All right, back to Sophia. This episode was so much fun to record. You're going to love it. We chat about the advice she would give based on her experience with Ray's to anyone yearning to start a side hustle or a product-based business. We talk about how to put yourself in the room with people you want to be like and why it's vital to your success. Sophia shares a piece of business advice that she'll never forget and puts into practice each time she has a meeting. She talks about how to test your idea on a sample market before launching large scale. Sophia shares the best marketing strategies she's used to build awareness and sell her product, how she got her first few bottles of Rays onto store shelves, and the role that social media plays in building her brand. So I would encourage you to connect with Rays and Sophia. Just head to Instagram and type in Drink Rays, or you can go to their website, drinkrays.com. Hey, one last thing, since we're on the topic of adaptogens and ready to drink superfoods, I want to talk about Healthy Planet. Now, to the best of my knowledge, they don't sell Rays yet, but I bet it's coming. Regardless, thank you Healthy Planet for sponsoring today's show. This podcast is possible because of Healthy Planet, so let me take 30 seconds to share why Healthy Planet is the place to shop for all of your health food, natural beauty, and supplement needs. With the best prices, the largest selection, I mean, their store shelves are amazingly packed with great products, and with brands you won't find at any other stores, Healthy Planet is a shopping experience that I can truly stand behind. 
a few clicks and I have a box of healthy goodies dropped at my doorstep, or I can head to one of their 28 and growing Ontario-based stores to pick up all my essentials for the week ahead. And the best part, you can use code VISIONARY10 at checkout to save 10% on any online order over $49. You better believe I use my own code, okay? So you can use it to, again, head to healthyplanetcanada.com, use code VISIONARY10 at checkout to save 10% on any online order over All right, Sophia, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. So excited to chat with you today and learn the story of how Rays came to be. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. It's my second podcast, but I'm ready. Love it. (laughs) It's fun that it's your second podcast, too, because you kind of warmed up by doing someone else's. So now I get you at your best. All right, (laughs) so we always start off the Visionary Life podcast by doing some rapid-fire questions. So Mm -hmm. just answer whatever comes to mind. We'll start with a simple one. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Ottawa. Ottawa. And what brought you to Toronto? Um, So that will be – it's a little bit of a long story, but I definitely wanted to be in Toronto to like learn more about the market that's happening here, especially in the food and beverage industry and in wellness in general. Um, I didn't feel like for a product like mine, Ottawa was really the place to start and grow it. So I moved to Ottawa, uh, sorry, to Toronto. And yeah, I got some really great opportunities here um, and just immersed myself in the wellness and, and food mm-hmm. and beverage industry as best as I could. Very cool. And how long have you been here? Uh, three years. Yes. Nice. What's your favorite day of the week and why? Um, that's, yeah, like, so every day is really different, to be honest, so there's some days that are just so unpredictable, but I've really found it important to have one day that's, like, that's almost like a routine, just so I kind of could feel a bit more balanced, so Sundays for me are that day, and maybe it sounds a bit cliche, but, like, Sundays is, like, just, like, the self-care day, like, I'm going to the market, I have, like, things that I do every single Sunday, and I honestly feel like that helps me start the week in a better way and, like, not make, oh, Mondays are, like, scary. It's, like, no, like, now I'm really, like, rested, and I have all, like, my food, and I have, I took some time to just, like, be with my friends and mm-hmm. enjoy the weather. Um, so Sundays are just, like, really great for me, and I, I really try not to plan anything on that day except for, like, the things that I usually do, and I feel like that helps set the tone for the rest of the week. Mm, I love that. Yeah. What's the last book that you read? Um, so it was actually an audiobook, but that obviously yes, counts. Yes, to. <laughs> um, so I listened to Shoe Dog um, by Phil Knight. Well, that's the story about Nike, and it was just so amazing. Like, it's a completely different industry, obviously, but the way that Nike is now and, like, hearing about how it started and it's kind of – it kind of puts everything into perspective in that, like, everyone starts somewhere and – that story is just incredible because it's just you can just see like the success of it and you could see it everywhere and there there was the same not the same but struggles and so many hardships and it was just like a very fascinating read um I was like obsessed I I finished it within like a week which is really good for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah that was the last book and I haven't and then I started um I didn't even finish it but I started Becoming by Michelle Obama so now I'm Still working my way towards finishing that. So you're also into nonfiction books, obviously. Yes, yeah, nonfiction. I don't know. I feel like for fiction, if I want something fiction, I just watch a show yeah. like, or a movie. Yeah. You know? I'm but kind even, of the same way, yeah. which is interesting. But for books, I'm like, I just want to know like real stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and what's your favorite way to wind down after a long work week? 
Um, honestly, this depends on like how hard <laughs> the week was. Usually I have like between, so I usually either like go for a run um, or I just take an Epsom salt bath because I feel like just specifically the Epsom salts, I, I don't know. I've just like kind of gotten into um, a little bit more like the spirituality side of it. And I feel like it really does help like pull out any like negative energies and that kind of stuff. So that really helps me. And then if it's just been like a really bad week, I just binge watch Friends until I fall asleep. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I love that it's on Netflix now because I'm like, anytime I, I want to watch it, it's available I know, to but me. I'm scared. I think they're taking it away. Why? I think NBC or something. Or no, no, that's The Office. I'm oh, sorry. I think that's The Office. I was going to say, maybe I heard a buzz about that too, but oh, there's something. I hope it's not Friends. I think they're taking over The Office, which is also really sad. Very sad. Yeah. yeah well, I'll have to find another show out of the thousands yeah, available. I'm sure we'll, we'll manage. <laughs> All right. So let's zoom it back to life before starting your business, Raise. Yes. So I read on your website, you grew up in a multicultural household and mm-hmm. always had an interest in food. So I'm just wondering, can you just paint a picture for anyone mm-hmm. listening, for me, um, just of what your upbringing was like? Yeah. So by multicultural household, um, so my mom and my dad, so they both, my mom is Portuguese. My dad has a Pakistani background. This is also a, a longer story on its own, but they actually both grew up in Portugal. Um, and they met in Ottawa anyway. So that was just like really interesting. Um, but my, both my mom and my dad left when they were pretty early and they just like also loved traveling, loved like learning new languages, learning new cultures. And that was just like really brought into our household. Um, so I was lucky enough to be able to also travel a lot growing up. And in my house, it was always like a mix of different cuisines. Like we all just love food. So that was for me, like the first kind of like curiosity with with food and with different like ways of cooking different ways of eating um and also it just gives like such a great background on like culture and what uh people use as like you know ancient medicine or or that kind of stuff so that was like the initial interest that was always there and then as i grew up i just kind of like started identifying the things that like worked for me the things that didn't and i became like really i don't want to use the word obsessed but i became really curious about trying to eat different ways and seeing how it it felt and then naturally like that kind of went into just being more conscious of like the nutrition part of it and it was still cool because of what I learned like there's just so many different ways of that like people used to you know like oh if you have a cough or a cold like for me it was like oh have turmeric with like honey and garlic like literally Mm -hmm. the weirdest things but things that have been used for for like centuries and that has like all inspired the stuff that I'm doing now because it's really just taking things that have been used for a long time um, and kind of bring it together in a way that we can like share it in in the modern world and like bringing all these different aspects of different cultures together so mm-hmm. that was really important in like the way that I view like nutrition and food and, and all that um, so yeah it was like really interesting growing up in that kind of environment for mm-hmm. sure so did yeah. that really inspire you then to want to pursue more education in nutrition and specifically holistic nutrition? Yeah, so I was like I was for sure interested, but I I didn't know like that it was going to be the path I was going to go down. Um, but then so I went to like I was pretty young when I had to like I guess everyone in general is pretty young when they have to choose like their major to go to university. Oh, yeah. It's insane. It's insane. So like I was kind of and I had gone through this like French 
program, like baccalaureate program that you would go in directly into second year. So I didn't even have like the first year of like choosing, like trying a million classes. Like I had to pick a major and a minor and go into second year right away. And I was kind of under pressure of doing that and like going to a good school. So I picked international relations, went to McGill. And after like that first year, that's when I realized I'm like, oh my God, this is like not sparking any like passion or, or joy. And plus on top of that, after the first year of university, I was living in the dorms. Like we had, you know, the meal plans and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like my health, like, well, no, not just feel my health definitely like went kind of like on a downward spiral and like the freshman 15 like all that stuff is real (laughs) and that was like when I really um just started thinking about okay like I I need to to change this like this can't be like this is so impactful the way that I'm eating has changed the way that I feel like physically mentally emotionally like um and then that's when um I really was like okay like nutrition is something that I'm so passionate about And then after that first year, I went back to Ottawa for the summer and I worked with a holistic nutritionist that whole summer, which who really helped me like really deepen the knowledge and helped me get back to like where I was. Um, And then after that, like technically, you know, I was going into my third year. So I was like, I'm just going to finish my McGill major. And then when I'm done, um, I'm going to pursue something in nutrition. Um, so that's kind of like how it happened. It wasn't like right away, like, oh, I want to go into nutrition and I want to do this and that. Like, it was definitely very like a progression. Yeah. 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 And I think that's for so many people. Like, we can look at someone who's created a business or is living a life a certain way and be like, oh, they must have always had that knowing and yeah. they just got there in an instant but it's like oh it takes time and like you discover more about yourself through Mm -hmm. every single like program or workshop that you go to and sometimes it's important to just yeah like honor the process yeah so then you found yourself enrolling in holistic nutrition that's when I moved back to Ottawa and I'm like either I get a job in you know what I studied at McGill or I just just I just go for it so I did a year of holistic nutrition um, because by that by then I was like it was just part of my lifestyle already like after that summer with the holistic nutritionist and like making sure that you know when I was back in school I wasn't gonna go down that road again just because I didn't feel like myself I didn't feel good and I saw the way that it it impacted me in so many ways Um, so I knew that I wanted to be in that but um, and at that point too though I knew that I wanted a product so I just didn't know what it was gonna be yet so this is when like the story again like the, like you said it, it takes time but I feel like there's always a progression and like everything definitely happens for a reason and now like linking back I'm like oh if that didn't happen this wouldn't have happened but um yeah so after that like the way that um so I did nutrition I was like really passionate about it and I knew I wanted a product didn't know what it was going to be and yeah, I actually, after graduating from IHN, the Holistic Nutrition School, I went on a trip um, to Portugal. I guess I'm telling you guys like how the oh, story yeah. was Just going, go right into going into it now. Yeah, that was my next question anyway. <laughs> okay, perfect. So it's a perfect segue. So this is how the idea came about. Um, I went to visit my grandmother in Portugal and um, yeah, she was drinking chicory root instead of coffee. So chicory root, it's a root. When you roast it and grind it, it has a lot of the same coffee flavors, like the earthy bitterness. It's really good for you, like so detoxifying for your liver and like a ton of benefits. So she was drinking that instead of coffee just because she couldn't handle the effects anymore. Um, And I have coffee 
like once in a while for sure but it's also something that I have to be mindful of because I feel the same way so it was perfect I just like drank that with her the whole time I was there learned about other like herbs and stuff that she uses and she's like a powerhouse like she's almost 90 and she's still doing everything it's amazing um so I brought it back to to Toronto um or yeah by this time I had moved to Toronto and that's I'll yeah I get into that after as well but I brought it back and I felt like I just like tested it on my friends it was in an instant form so um similar to like dandy blend um there this was kind of similar in the fact that it was just like you mix it with hot water and that's it Mm -hmm. um and I tested on my roommates my friends and they're like oh it actually tastes like coffee this is kind of cool so I went to like try to find more um or something similar that had chicory root in it and I couldn't find anything that was ready to drink um it was all like instant um you know the branding wasn't amazing it wasn't really accessible it didn't look like it was something you know that you would want like might as well just drink a coffee at that point like it just seemed I don't know like not not very inviting so that's where it started I was like I I know there's something here like there's so many I saw the, the trends were going that people were you know trying to make more conscious decisions about like caffeine in general or like not having that much coffee finding better ways to not to stay awake but not be stressed mm-hmm. which as we know coffee can um you know increase like anxiety and like jitters and that kind of stuff so i thought it was like important and that's how it started um yeah that's how i started like kind of testing with chicory specifically and then after that it became a little bit more of like advent like adventuring with other mm-hmm. ingredients but that's the story of how, um, yeah, of how the idea was born. So were you literally just mixing concoctions in your apartment? Is yes. that how it started? And <laughs> yes. then did you test them out on people, get their feedback, or were you just trying them? Yeah, so all of that. Um, so I think like that's the thing. Like I just kind of went for it, and I think it's really important for people to, or if you're thinking of starting something, to, to just make sure like even if you love it just to make sure that there's a market for it right and I didn't even know that I was doing that but now thinking back I'm like this was such a good lesson because I was constantly just testing it out on even if it was just like my roommates and friends it was still something it was like okay like there there is something here so I just like kept pushing and those little moments of like oh no this is good kind of push you to be like okay maybe now I'll test it on some people that don't know me or like maybe now I'll test it on you know actually make a focus group and see what people think so the way that I um the way that I like really really tested this was actually due to my you know with IHN you get to do a Mm co-op so basically you have to do an internship to like graduate so that's why I moved to Toronto from Ottawa I did my internship here in Toronto and that was a big part of it so I interned with the owner of Nut Bar um, which is a superfood cafe in Toronto and I love it so shout out to Nut Bar always Um, I was um, her name is Kate her intern for for like five months I think before um, she opened her first location and then I worked with her for two and a half years like managing uh, the store and just like helping her out with the business and while I was there like she was actually one of the first people that I told about my idea because I wasn't like trying to hide that I wasn't trying to be like oh I'm you know it was never in that mindset I just wanted to know like what she thought and she was super helpful she gave me great advice which I'm also going to share and yeah she just said like if you want to test it out even like on customers or like on my family or whatever like you're more than welcome to so from then it just started building a bit more confidence in like okay people are actually liking this there's an interest for it and knowing you know so like your friends will sometimes like yeah yeah it's good but like 
the more people say the same thing, like the more that you start, okay, like believing it and there's like more proof behind it. Um, so that's how I started. Like it was never anything too formal, but I would bring like literally a basket of like my concoctions to Nut Bar. And we did like a whole like round table testing all the, the different flavors that I had made. I had like a five different flavors and just like getting the feedback, what people would drink. And those were the three. So now I have the chicory root one, the matcha based one and the turmeric based one. And I have one in my bag for you. I totally forgot. <laughs> you should be sipping on it right now. Um, Always sampling. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just too excited to be here. I forgot. Um, yeah, so that's how it kind of started. Okay, so yeah. I'm imagining already that the listeners are thinking, okay, that's great. We've all tried out concoctions, tested them yeah. on friends and family, mm-hmm. but most of us don't get to the point of mm-hmm. actually taking it to that next level of like getting more reach and and maybe bottling it or packaging it or committing in your mind to saying, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm doing this. I got to figure out what's next. So you're working at this cafe. Mm -hmm. You've got the testimonials to say it's good. You're giving out samples. It's working. Mm -hmm. Then what happens? Yeah. So obviously that's an amazing question because (laughs) it's like, that's really when you're like, okay, you have this concept and this idea. It's all just like a dream right now. Um, so actually the first, and that's when I, after doing these things, that's when I first told Kate, I was like, okay, what do you, you know, what do you think of this? And what should I do? Like you just opened this incredible business. Like what would you do kind of thing? Cause, and this is all to say like you, and what really helped me is like having people to talk to and actually her advice was just like talk to as many people as you possibly can in this Mm -hmm. industry like just do it you there's a good you don't have to be working in like customer service like it helped me because i was always meeting people but i really started just reaching out to as many people as i could and like making it a point to being part of that environment so already with nutbar i was like in that but then there's so many things going on in toronto so regardless if it's health or wellness or something else there's always like hubs of of like committees or trade shows or all that stuff so i would go as like um you know i would go as a person just like exploring to trade shows like not to try to like sell my pitch or anything but just to see what was out there and like I was telling you earlier that's how I met one of my like main advisors Michelle who's amazing and um yeah like she was one of the first people I talked to and then she's like oh you know what if you're talking if you're thinking about like packaging options like here is something that you should someone that you should talk to and this is also another thing that Kate told me she's like never leave a meeting without another contact And that's like such a great piece of advice. And I really took those things to heart. And I will say that that's really when it started becoming more of a real thing, because the more people that I talked to, the more contacts I got, the more information I got, the more I saw that it was actually going to be possible. Um, But it was so, so important to build those relationships early. And now I feel like I have a team. I mean, and they're not even like, official in a way but they're just like because they've been invested since so long I could literally call them up anytime and be like hey like this happened what do I do um and it's helped me so much like I can't even um like emphasize it enough like if you have an idea if you want to pursue something if you really believe in it that's the other part like you really need to believe in yourself because otherwise you just you just can't you can't like go through it if you don't believe in yourself but um my my like mentors and and contacts and and people that I rely on to, just for advice that have done it before are just 
incredible and you can't be like oh but I'm scared to, ch- to share my idea like what if they take it or what if you know like they they already have all these contacts and stuff so it's easy for them to recreate it's really you know it, it's really limiting I feel like to think that way obviously you want to keep like your recipes and your your things mm-hmm. to yourself like but your concept and just like you're wanting to do something um I've never regretted like sharing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always think like the more people you include in your vision, even in the early days, the more people you tell and speak your idea into existence, mm-hmm. the more support can actually rally around you. Agreed. If you keep it all to yourself and wait till like the perfect moment to launch it when you've got everything bottled up, like yeah. nobody even knows what you're doing and you don't have help. So oh, it's so important. I agree. And there's no perfect launch, I would say. No. <laughs> <laughs> or if you wait until everything's perfect, like it's just not going to happen. Like mm-hmm. we had so many, you know, problems with the product, come, like you know and before it is how like it is now and even then there's always improvements to make yeah but the first initial like launch of it like you know the the coconut milk was still separating too much and like Mm. it just wasn't where I wanted to be the flavors were not right like but it was out there and enough people knew about it that it still gained some momentum and that's another thing too it's like you realize that no one really notices as much as you do obviously if there's like big issues that you can't avoid like of course but little little things like if I'm like oh it needs to be a little bit sweeter no one's really going to be like so hell-bent on it and because they kind of know the story they're like okay it's a new product like you'd be surprised like people are just really actually and I don't know if it's because we're I'm in this um industry but people are really keen on helping Mm, yeah so good to hear so uh, let's go back a little bit to your story so you're meeting a lot of contacts at this point and you're kind of rallying that support around you and thinking about bottling it so Mm -hmm. how did your first like production run happen how did you even get like the branding and all that ready like take us to that point in the journey where you're really starting to build this out yeah so like I was saying the first step was obviously talking to the to people and getting the you know the guidance and then from there one of the first people I actually talked to was like okay you have this product you're making in your kitchen you want it to be like all natural you don't want any obviously like preservatives and all that kind of stuff um you need basically he was like you need a product developer or a food scientist because you don't know like the nutritionals right now you don't know your shelf life you don't know how long it's gonna you know last before it starts like separating all these things that I was like oh true like I wouldn't have even <laughs> thought of that yeah, stuff <laughs> I know and it's like right like I'm just making it in my like blender right now and I don't even know anything about the actual you know shelf life of it or nutritionals and like all these things that are so important to me I had I just didn't know so that was my first step. So I, I hired a product developer and that was like the best thing I could have done. And if you're doing a food or beverage product, I think it's like essential, a product developer or like at least a food scientist so you can know the right process of like actually launching a product on the shelf with it being safe. Um, and it's so funny because like, the, so basically the, the concoctions I was making in my kitchen, um, we got it tested at the lab and it was like, I mean, the portion was kind of big, but still it was like 400 calories and like 27 grams of fat and like this delicious, like milkshake tasting thing, but that's not sellable. And it's also not like, I realized I was just tasting it in little portions, like drinking a whole bottle of it is way different than just like, Oh, I'm sipping this and it tastes so good. Like, and then, cause I would just give samples away. Um, so then we actually worked backwards on that. We're like, okay, where do you want your nutritionals to be? Like, where do you want your sugars to be? All that stuff. So 
that that's when we like redeveloped the recipes and made them more like sustainable and then um he helped me with yeah like the bottling process he's like okay like where are you going to produce where are you going to make your bottles you need to make sure the ingredients you're getting are good so we have to test those too for microbiology like honestly i wouldn't have known any of that if it wasn't for him and it was a bigger investment but like it's so worth it because you can't put a product on the shelf that you're not sure about when it's going to go bad or like if it's you know actually making someone feel good and not like oh my god i just drank such a heavy drink so that was actually like i would say like eight months of testing from like the initial kitchen recipe to what they are now wow. we we develop we redevelop them for like eight months and it's funny because like there's still the exact same ingredients um I mean, a little, a few things have changed, but really, like the smallest amounts always make a difference, and I wouldn't have known how to do that otherwise. And in a safe environment where I know, like, okay, this is the regulation for this is right, or like I can put this amount of like chaga or whatever, because I also work with adaptogens, which is a really great area in terms of like regulation. Um, so you have to be mindful of the amounts that you're putting, um, and yeah, like. The product development was a big thing and then he guided me to um yeah to be able to find like my suppliers and then from there i had also just been in the habit of like talking to as many people as i could and that's something that i still do so it was easier in that way to find like the people i wanted to work with but he was essential in my um yeah in my food and, and beverage development. So anyway. So through this <laughs> long process, like clearly this didn't all happen overnight. No. Were you full-time working raise and very devoted to it? Or mm-hmm. were you splitting your time working another job? What was your, your balance there? Yeah. So I actually went full-time a year ago with raise, nice. um, like literally exactly a year ago, October 18th, um, had been a year since I stopped working with nut bar. But before that I was working there for like two and a half years. And I but I had st- and I started thinking about raise about two and a half years ago. So like, I started pretty early on, and then a year ago, um, I started feeling like okay, I'm not. I'm giving fifty percent to Nut Bar and like fifty percent to my business, and I'm like at this point, I need to put my business first. And as much as it was like a hard decision, like it was incredible timing, and it all worked out for the best. And then I've been full time with Raise now for a year and it was like it it really needed to happen if I wanted to launch the way that I did and there's just like you know because it's just me right now and I'm like slowly building a team but I you know I'm the one in the production I'm the one doing the sales I'm the one doing like I have a bookkeeper thank god (laughs) and like accountant (laughs) because I can't do that I'm not crunching the numbers but still like I'm, I'm the one getting the suppliers I'm the one deliver I was the one delivering until literally a month ago I was doing all my deliveries to the stores and I don't even own a car so I was like renting a zip car or renting a car and like going all the way to Colborne where I produce loading up the car and delivering it as fast as I could um which was so unsustainable so like slowly you start seeing like where um you need to like delegate and and skills that you have and don't have but that year of like me just being full-time was like definitely essential and it was probably the best thing and I learned a lot like I, I know my business so well inside like inside and out and every mm-hmm. aspect of it so mm-hmm. now I know like what I don't want to do and what I like doing mm-hmm. I think it's so important to to like 
share with everyone mm-hmm. that you did have a time when you had to split 50-50 and like yeah. work your job to make money, mm-hmm. but also then come off your job and pour into your business. But yeah. it comes to a point where you do have to make that tough decision that if you want to take it to the next level, it probably mm-hmm. requires more of you. And I know that was probably a hard decision to make, totally. right? A little bit of fear that comes up and what if, what if, what if? So. I think a lot, yeah, a lot of fear that comes up and, and just like, is this going to work? Because at that point, I'm like, okay, like if I do this, like I'm so in it, there's no turning back. So that's where like the fear kind of starts. And that's something that could hold a lot of people back. But for me, it's almost like I tell myself, like I'm in it, there's no turning back. So this better work. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, you know, who knows what, what can happen, but I better put like my 100% right now that I'm in it. So yeah, like mm-hmm. that's totally a good point. And I agree that's it's really scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you're working with the product developer for eight months and Mm -hmm. then the formula comes out and you finally get it the way you want it. Yeah. Then what do you do with that? You're like, great, (laughs) we've got the product ready to go, but you still like need to go to that next step of selling it into stores. So what happened after the product was fully formulated? Yeah. So what happened was that even if it was fully formulated, now it's like, okay, we're making it large scale. So we were formulating it in small quantities, obviously, like literally just like at his house or in the, his lab. Um, and then we're like, okay, how are we going to, we have to find somewhere to produce. So that's another thing. Like you have to, you know, produce in a facility that has all the, the regulations in place and that could has the equipment that you want. Cause you're not going to be like mixing it by hand and like filling it by hand. So once we had that and that in place, um, basically you literally just go and like, pitch yourself like I kind Mm -hmm. of I had I was doing that like I was a salesperson um for like trying to get into stores and by then one thing that I didn't mention though and um like the branding was really important as well so like I worked with someone for branding and he did an incredible job and he also had um some background in um you know obviously in like food labeling and that kind of stuff so that really helped I worked with his agency is called the small monsters and it's incredible um and it's a really it's just one person and he um is Montreal based but then um now moved to Halifax but anyway I recommend him highly and yeah so the branding really helped because you know people want like the like it looks really like put together and nice and and new but and that's just like a little step into getting people interested but really like the the main thing is going in there and again the same i applied the same kind of like principle that i did with meeting people i started treating my retailers as just like other relationships that i'm building so i went into smaller retailers i went to like pop box stores i'm still in like pop box market bolo um you know i was in um in the simple kitchen and like you know this small i started with that and i wanted to see if there was the interest there and i was trying to get a bunch of accounts before i went in and did a production run so that was the time where i was like probably the scariest because i'm like what if people don't want it what if people like even though i've done so much research what if people don't mm-hmm. buy it what if like you know it's not the right stores or what if the retailers don't like it or you know going into meetings and giving samples it was just like the most terrifying thing mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, you know, people were interested and it is something really innovative and, and something that, that I want to create an impact on people's health. So I'm really happy that the world is kind of shifting in, in that way. But yeah, like it was basically honestly just me going into stores and being like, I have this new product. Do you want it? Mm-hmm. And then getting those orders in and being able to produce and kind of like 
you know, to mitigate a little bit of like the loss, I can't like produce a bunch of stuff and not have anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. So that's how it kind of like happened. And I still, I'm still the one going into stores um, and doing that. Like now we have about 20 uh, retail accounts, which is really good. I'm, I'm really happy about that. It's been, you know, four and a half months. Mm-hmm. And I still go in and like make the the connections. And if not, it's someone that I've met that made a connection for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, like going back, like it all kind of comes together. Like a lot of the accounts that I have is because like it's people that have mentored me. They're like, oh, like we're in the store. We'll just introduce you to the manager. It's all good. So do you have yeah. any tips for giving a solid pitch or? Like mm-hmm. what to bring to seem very prepared or yeah. like things to say because that intimidates so many people totally. whether they're pitching to a potential client to a store to their family yeah. like we're terrified of talking about our businesses sometimes yeah I mean I think like for my specific space um first of all it's like you could kind of, and this is for anything like you can you can tell if someone's really like passionate and believes about what they're doing mm-hmm. so i think first and foremost is doing something that you're super passionate about and that you believe in cuz regardless like you you'll be able to even if your pitch is not like perfect you know or whatever like you'll see if someone really wants this or if someone's really like selling something that they love yeah. So I think that is like number 1 just knowing that like regardless of what happens like you're you believe in what you're doing and that's the most important and sometimes there's retailers that won't necessarily want that and that's okay as long as you know that you didn't stray off like what your morals and your company is all about in terms of a like more technical like pitch um it's just really important to go in like for retailers for example they're going to ask you like the pricing and the, their margins and like how is it fair for them how is it fair for you the distribution that kind of stuff so knowing your numbers is super important numbers terrify me but there's like specific things that I need to know like I need to know the wholesale price mm-hmm. that I'm selling it to, to them for and how much they're making on that um, re- like regarding the the price that's being sold at in stores so that's just like for retail is the most important thing you know a lot of them are great retailers but in general it, it is a business still right so it needs mm-hmm. to make sense for both of us um, and yeah like I would say just like no those are honestly the most important things like if you have your story and you have like the passion behind the product and the product tastes good um and if you're prepared with the questions that they're asking you then it's it's a successful pitch in my opinion and honestly like one thing that has helped me too is that they know like i would go in and just not hide the fact that i'm a brand new business i would tell them like you're like my first account or you're my second account and like you know i'm just starting out i really want you to be part of my first 10 retailers like make them feel special as well um even though you feel like you need them which i mean i did need them i still wanted them to feel special as well so being just like so excited about being in their stores i still personally do that and i'm like thinking about how this is going to look like when i grow into more stores but i always go by my retailers tell them like hey like how are you guys on orders talk to them like I'm friends with the managers there with like we literally are like Instagram friends like you know like it's so important and then they'll make more of an effort in pushing your product and being like okay we love it like what can we do let's do like a a giveaway like that again just like making them feel really valued um as part of your pitch I think is amazing Mm. um so remember like you you have a business but it is for someone else like it's for you're selling it to people and you want the people to feel like they're they're part of it mm-hmm. 
I actually just love what you said about like being friends with the managers. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, like sometimes when you work in sales or mm-hmm. when you're just kind of head down doing your job, it's easy to forget that you need to be a kind human Mm -hmm. and that every relationship matters. And like, you shouldn't just go into a store with a goal of selling totally because in the end, like who does that serve? Right. Mm -hmm. And I probably think that helps you more than you realize. And maybe you already do, but like just being friends with the people who are on the front lines of selling your product is a game changer. Agreed. I just think that's such a good piece of advice. Yeah. Do you know kind of like what your like three or five year goal for this business is? Is it to like get into Costco and like sell at variety stores or do you have a smaller goal? Like where are you headed with this? Yeah. So that's a good question. Like it's something that really excites me because I feel like now just being um, in the market for about five months and seeing that people are really interested in, in adaptogens and in using different like alternative herbs to feel better, to have like more energy, to whatever it is. It gets me really excited to be able to just expand the line from there. So obviously I want to create more flavors. I want to create different lines of of like functional products. So it could be, yeah, still in beverage, like something with more protein, for example, or something with collagen or just depending on what people are and myself use. Like I'm now, like I, I use collagen all the time as a supplement. It's something that I love and it really helps like my hair and, and skin. And I just, mm-hmm. again, like it's just something that I want to be able to help people with and like make a better choice when choosing a beverage. Like what can really, you know, impact your health a bit better. Um, and I also do see us expanding beyond beverage eventually. Maybe we'll do like some adaptogenic snacks or, you know, Something like that. I don't know too much yet. I'm really focused. I don't want to get too like scattered. I'm definitely focused on beverage, but I want to be the leading, you know, Canadian company in adaptogens and adaptogenic beverages because we're the first right now, which is really mm. exciting. Um, and it's great because, you know, people again, like I feel like I've said it so many times, and I'm just so happy that people are into it because that just says a lot about how now um, we care more about what we put into our bodies and also even in terms of packaging and things like that like the amount of questions I get about or not even questions but more comments about being like oh I'm so happy that you're in a glass bottle not a plastic bottle or like is it recyclable or can I do this like that that's really great like when I get questions and even things that I'm not necessarily doing now I'm like oh this is not something I thought of maybe I should make this more like sustainable in this way or you know what I mean so it's really great to see people um, shift a little bit in that way. So I think that we have a lot of potential, definitely. Mm, I see that as yeah. well. <laughs> I just realized we forgot to define adaptogens oh, for people who yes. maybe have no idea. They've never grabbed adaptogens from the health food store or have never yeah. drank them before. Can you just give an overview of what they are and yeah. why they're so beneficial? Yes, I'm, I feel so bad for not even ha- like for not having explained that because it is a question that I get a lot um, because it's definitely like a not it's not a new concept. It's actually like herbs that have been around forever. But anyway, so the actual definition adaptogens and the way that I like to explain it just to make it easier to understand is that adaptogens are basically any superfood that has more of a functional benefit. So that can help you, for example, with stress or that can help you with like balancing hormones or that can help you with mental clarity. And there are tons of different types there's also other like herbs that have adaptogenic properties that are not necessarily considered adaptogens so there's definitely 
many categories, but the way that we um, formulated the, the recipes is that every drink has like a main adaptogen. So for the chicory root based one, there's chaga mushroom, which is the highest antioxidant content rich food on the planet. It's so good for like stress and for just overall immune boosting. And then we have the turmeric based one where we have ginkgo. So ginkgo, it's actually found in like so many trees. There's so many ginkgo trees in Toronto, but the ginkgo leaf, um, when you like um, dry it and, and people take it as a supplement or a tea, it really helps for mental clarity and focus. Mm-hmm. So that would be the adapted in that one. And then for the matcha, um, so matcha is great, but the moringa leaf um, is so amazing. There's like 90 essential vitamins and minerals and just a great nutrient boost. It's really high in iron, vitamin A, potassium. So that really helps your body like function and give you like, you know, more energy. So Adaptogens are, are that, are just like really specific um, superfoods or herbs or roots or whatever that that just will help your body adapt to what it needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, and it's amazing. I'm a big fan <laughs> of them as well. And a yeah. couple of the companies I've worked for in the past have also oh, included yeah. them. And I see so much benefit and yeah. I love that they've just they've been around forever, right? It's not a new trend. It's been here. I know. Uh, but only now are people more coming around mm-hmm. to it and seeing them as more accessible. Yeah. So right now, how are you marketing Rays? Like how are people finding out besides yeah. popping into a store and seeing mm-hmm. it on shelf? What else do you do to support the marketing efforts? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I feel like, um, it's hard at the beginning when you're a little bit tight on resources because marketing is quite expensive and there's so many you know initiatives and activations I would love to do but I really feel like you don't need to necessarily do that too much at the beginning um, and I really just focus one obviously social media is a great tool so learning more about social media like as much as you can I don't I'm not I don't think I'm like amazing at social media there's always things I could learn but I really feel like um, being in an approachable brand like on stories and just posting you know content that is interesting mm-hmm. and that explains what the brand is and that just stays within like that realm is great but the stories have been very beneficial like just seeing the behind the scenes and like who I am as the founder and that kind of stuff so social media is one part of it the other part is just getting people to try it so that's like literally the only thing i'm focusing on right now um i'm trying to build a demo team as well like just great people that have the passion that could you know be in store sampling but honestly that's that's the best thing you could do i would say for any food and beverage product is just getting people to try it Mm -hmm. because especially for mine like you could the packaging's great it catches your eye but then it's like what is an adaptogen or like how is this going to taste like it sounds super healthy like is it going to taste good do i want to drink this whole bottle personally i think they taste great so once people taste them they and you have a chance you also have that interaction when you're you're doing the sampling mm-hmm. that you can tell them like what it's all about so i would say just like as a piece of advice for anyone like trying to push their food or beverage product like just get it into as many hands as you can or I mean, get people to taste it, do farmer's markets, partner mm-hmm. with, um, I do a lot of like partnerships with um, like fitness studios as well or, or other things that could be, um, you know, that I know the crowd will be there. Like I did one with L Fitness, I'm doing mm-hmm. one with Berries, I did one with Spinco, um, just that. But honestly, right now it's just in the grocery stores, like as easy as that in the grocery stores, get people where they're like, where there's the call of action to just mm-hmm. be able to buy it right away. Um, and just push it as much as you can. And that also helps you get the most feedback. Um, Mm. And then it can help you improve and see what people want. Maybe there's a flavor that you're 
that, you know, what if someone every time was just like, oh, I wish there was like a chocolate flavor, then we'd be working on a chocolate flavor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, I would say that's my, the two things that I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's funny as you were talking through that, I'm thinking about like every single natural health product that I use, whether it's body care, beauty, all the foods that I buy, the supplements, it's all because I tried it at a demo or I know the founder and it had a connection with them or yeah, saw Mm -hmm. them sampling at a gym. And then yeah, once you, you try it, and you you meet someone behind the team and you maybe hear a bit about the story. Yeah. Like you can't not go with that brand. I don't know, maybe I'm unique, but I think for a lot of people having that touch point yeah. of a demo or a sample is what makes them a lifelong customer, more so than a Facebook ad. Like yeah. I'm sorry, no, but I agree. Times that, like yes, maybe 5 years ago we were all on board with online ads and they still mm-hmm. have a purpose, but I think having those one-to-one connections is really vital totally it is and i've seen it now like time and time again and through other brands because i obviously look up to other brands um and see what they're doing and and the ones that i really love it are the ones that like i personally have tried samples because they were doing that and i'm like oh wow they're great like they're really pushing their social um and their their interaction with their customers because at the end of the day like the customer matters so much like this is why we're doing it so mm-hmm. um yeah like right now you'll see us in all the stores like I'm building a team and I just want to push the sampling as much as I can because I realize now and that's, this is a learning experience too I realize that's the best way that I could get people to to like buy the product mm-hmm. and to just like understand that it's not like what the product is about and that it's not scary and it's not going to taste like you know mud yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah um, is because you're wearing so many hats right now and yeah. you're doing so much within your business, I'm wondering, is there a skill that you're currently trying to level up on or mm-hmm. learn more about because you know that, mm-hmm. yeah, you need that to take it to the next level? Yes, so much. That's like such a good point. And I'm sure every entrepreneur feels that way too. They're just like kind of overwhelmed with all the responsibilities that they have to do. Um, but now it also helps you see um, and be more clear with what you really want to focus on and where you want to start, like kind of building a team and like and outsourcing some skills. So for me right now, what I'm trying to work on, just because it's like what, because I need some help and the first people that I kind of I'm thinking about it was obviously like I was saying building like a demo team or getting and I have an intern as well and like that kind of stuff is just actually just being like a boss and mm-hmm. and being like being able to delegate different tasks and is it almost feels like weird to me just because I do everything on myself so and and in a way it's almost like it's hard for me to let that go because mm-hmm. I was telling you earlier like I have this amazing girl that helps me with demos but and so lucky to, to have found her. Um, but, you know, like, it's scary to be like, okay, this, it's just her today with the product. Like, this has never happened. Like, this is my baby and she's going and she's taking care of it. Like, I need to learn to kind of tr- trust and trust my judgment because obviously I wouldn't just, like, give it to anyone. Like, I want them to be, like, passionate and all that stuff. But it's just about, like, trusting um, my judgment and also being able to let it go and, like, delegate and be like, okay, they're going to do fine. It's okay. Like, you don't have mm-hmm. to be, like, the you know micromanaging everything that's something that I'm trying to work on and then just in general like knowing really like where I need to just step away from and try to find um, someone to help me like complement that so I would say that part just like being able to let go of like 
mm-hmm. of it because I've just been so used to doing everything on my own. Like everything goes through me. I did everything. I talked to the retailers. I do the sales, like all that stuff. Um, yeah. And I'm saying this, mm-hmm. but I'm doing like five demos this week. But <laughs> I mean, easier said than done, yeah. right? But like yeah. you're, you're making the effort. Yeah, exactly. Do you ever have days where you feel uninspired and stuck? And if so, if so, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm like already nodding my head yeah. so hard we right all now. Do. Um, yeah. How do you shake that or get re-inspired? What do you do? Yeah. So... Yeah, definitely. So for sure, for sure have those days, like a lot of the times. And um, it was so funny because we were just talking earlier about how like a lot of people come up to me and they're like, oh, like seems like it's doing so well. seems like you're doing so well. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm so happy with how things are going. But there's so much of the behind the scenes that like people don't see and don't understand necessarily because I don't share it like as much. Right. And it's something that I think I, I will eventually because it is a very important part of entrepreneurship. But yeah, there's times where I'm just like so overwhelmed by by stress and by like thinking about the bigger picture, like how am I going to get to the goals that I want? So the one thing that I do, I always, again, circle back to the most important thing because I have this network of people. I just call them up. I'm like, I need to meet with you. I need to talk it out. Mm-hmm. So usually that's my advisor. Um, that This happened to me actually last week. I was like in, not in a great place. And I was just feeling really overwhelmed about like the trajectory and I, I'm seeing that I can't do this on my own. I'm like, I don't have the team. I don't have the resources. Like it was just kind of all spiraling. So I was like, I need to meet up with you. And literally the next day we met up and basically it, it felt like she just kind of like pulled all like all the thoughts that were like going through my brain and was like, okay, but this is how you're just going to plan them out. Like you just need a plan. Like you need to give yourself a, a, a timeline and a deadline. I feel like it's important, but then just you need you just need a plan it's okay like it's and sometimes it's as simple as that as simple as someone telling you it's gonna be fine you just need to figure this out and then in two weeks once that's done then you'll be able to do this when you're in your panic modes and just like so overwhelmed there's no way you can see clearly and if you don't have anyone to like help you and whatever that may look for you like for me my 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 help is like talking to someone like i have to like i have to to see like someone that has been through it before or that knows I'm like, how did you get out of this? And again, like literally not going to stress more like how important it is. But um, that's like the one thing that I do. And then sometimes like you just need to take a day off. Like that's another thing you can just I know it's that's really hard for me to do because I'm like, I know there's emails coming. I know there's things I need to address. But that's why my Sundays are really like crucial to me because I actually need them to function as like mm-hmm. a business person and a person in general. But I can't do my job properly if like I'm not in a good place. Um, so I would say those are the two things. And then I instantly felt better after my meeting with my advisor. I was just like, okay, like we got this. Like we just need to change a few things, and I just need to ask for some more help. And this is how business starts. So mm-hmm. you just need to keep keep pushing <laughs> stay focused yeah. so important too i like that you mentioned taking a yeah. day off because i think it, it's challenging to do that when you yeah. own a business but mm-hmm. the mental clarity that you experience when you take that time off mm-hmm. and come back to work is just yeah totally. night and day difference so, yeah so necessary yeah for sure <laughs> so i'll wrap up with our final question that i yeah. ask all our guests so mm-hmm. for someone listening to this podcast who's really like wanting to start a side hustle or a mm-hmm. passion project or a business 
but they don't know where to begin. Like they just mm-hmm. feel so overwhelmed with everything to do with entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. What advice would you offer them based on your own experience? So, yeah, I guess there's there's a few because it depends like where you're at in your in your journey, right? Because it's true. Like some people, and even for me, like I didn't know, I didn't, you know, I wasn't like oh, I'm going to do a beverage, adaptogenic beverage. Like, I didn't know. I knew I wanted a product. I didn't know what it was going to be. So you kind of just have to trust that feeling and that you'll find it and just keep exploring. It's not just like, okay, I trust it. I'm just going to sit here and not do anything. You're just going to, every opportunity you have, every experience, you can kind of like try to get inspired. So just don't feel discouraged if you don't have a specific idea right now. Even if you... Yeah, like just, and I think you posted something about this actually recently, and I, mm. it really spoke to me, and I think that's why I'm remember, remembering it. Like, you don't need to have like this specific plan and idea and whatever. You just need to kind of, if you feel that's in the cards for you and really believe it, then mm-hmm. it will find a way to find you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say just like, don't, you know, give up on your dream. I know it sounds like really corny, but. I didn't give up and I I like couldn't even, you know, for me, it was a dream to like be on the same shelf as like some drinks that I'm on the shelf with now. And like, that's a really great moment. Um, So that, and again, I've said this a million times, but talk to people, talk to people that have done it before, talk to your competitors, build a network, move. Like I, I mean, move if you have to, like I moved from Ottawa to Toronto because I'm like, this is where it's going to be more beneficial for me. Like put yourself in the environments that you want to be in. Like even just by joining a certain, you know, like, I don't know, even if it's, I can't really think of anything, but oh yeah, like a running, I'm part of a running club that's just for food and beverage people. Like just an example of putting yourself in environments that, um, really, will like inspire you and will you where you're going to be able to meet the most people that will help you um and then yeah like build from there like you you you're going to need help like you can't do this on your own um and if you do you'll you'll find a time where like where you can't like it's inevitable that you're going to need some help is what i mean so don't be scared of sharing your idea and your passion talk to people and it could happen mm-hmm. yeah such good advice thank you well I definitely feel like we could chat all day I know (laughs) but before we take up all of your time um where can people find rays or just learn more about you or follow the journey yeah so we're in about 20 accounts now the best way so the bigger ones just because this is probably the easiest to find are we're in all Noah's locations we're at Big Carrot on the Danforth Uh, we're at Fiesta Farms Fresh City Farms on Ossington um, we're at Bolo, Simple Kitchen, Pop Box Market. We just got into Summerhill Market. Uh, we're at Sorry Coffee. And if I'm forgetting some, I am sorry. But basically, if you go on our website, which is drinkraise.com, um, we have a store locator and we keep updating it as well um, just because we're getting more stores. And um, our Instagram is drinkraise. And I post all about like the updates. I post where we're doing events and pop-ups because we're doing a lot of those. Um, and just like overall news, sometimes I go on stories and do a little hello. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's where you can you can find us right now. And yeah, we'll be in those grocery stores, most likely doing a lot of demos. Oh, we're also at McEwen's, love. Um, yeah, we'll be doing lots of demos coming up in the next couple of months. So if you wanna try and sample it, um, please, yeah follow us and and you'll be able to find us awesome yeah i will link all of that in the show notes so people can go grab those links thank you missed that and 
so great to hear your journey. I'm really Thank glad you. that I stumbled into a demo of Rays. And that, <laughs> See, demos. Demos. And that's why we're right? sitting here today. So I'm definitely, yeah. and I used to be a demo rep in the natural health industry. Right. So I know all about like, yeah, yeah the amazing connections that come from yeah. it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome to be able to give your product over to someone oh, and say, try yeah. this. Do you like it? Thanks so, for tuning thank in so to this episode of thank Visionary you so Life. Much. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So if you could help me out by rating and reviewing this show on your iTunes app, I would be so grateful. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories. Just make sure to tag me at Kelsey Rydell. If you're feeling stuck, uninspired, stagnant, bored, or confused in what your next step should be, it's time to take action. Please reach out because I would love to connect with you. I'll catch you in the next episode.